Hello and welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Steph Fairbairn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. This episode, I'm joined by Debbie Barry. Debbie first took steps into football coaching back at the University of Liverpool, completing her FA Level 1 qualification. But after that, she didn't coach, believing there wasn't a career for her. It was years later when a colleague from a school she was teaching at took her to look at Doncaster Rovers Bells when she reignited that coaching spark. Now, Debbie is working at the Bells as the under-16s regional talent centre coach and also works for the FA as a coach development officer. I caught up with her to talk about something very important to her, team culture and environment. But before we got to that, she told me a bit more about her coaching journey. Currently, I am under-16s RTC coach at Dolly Bells and I work for the FA. Um, I'm a PE officer and I do a little bit of coaching development um, with that role as well. But to be honest, I only have been coaching since 2019. So from that point to where we are now, it's been an absolute whirlwind. <laughs> um, and a lot has happened. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving loving where things are at at the minute and definitely, um, yeah, enjoying, enjoying things at the minute. That's amazing that to get to that in three years and three like pandemic years as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so I suppose to give you a little bit of um, context with that, um, I, I love football. Like I've always always played um, from from no age really, but coaching was never on my radar. Um, I'm from Northern Ireland, and I played a, a pretty pretty decent standard over there. Dabbled in the the under seventeens uh, Northern Ireland squad, and then um, went to university in Liverpool. And it was there whenever I was studying sports that Liverpool Foundation came in, put a session on for us. And I kind of thought that's something that I would like to get involved with. Um, they were doing after school coaching and a bit of disability work. And it was Liverpool who put me through my level one coaching qualification. And then that was it. I never, <laughs> I never thought about it again, to be honest. And I think because I didn't really expect there could be a career out of it um you know I just you know I thought that was that was it for me and I just continued playing uh did my PGCE and I've I've taught ever since PE PE teacher and so I I took um football lessons in schools and after school clubs and uh teams and and you know I kind of taught and, and coached football that way but yeah kind of never really thought about it again until 2019. <laughs> So obviously, you know, you said you're at Donny Bells now. And I just just before we get into talking about other stuff, I just wanted to kind of ask, it's obviously got so much history in the women's game. Um, and I know it's been through ups and downs, but can you really feel that kind of that history coming through working at the club? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like even growing up myself, you know, I watched them on on BBC they were playing in FA Cup finals you know against Arsenal and so it's a name I was always aware of and and certainly it it does have that tradition and you know there's certainly the drive to to get the team back up to to where they were um but it was you know whenever I was 
teaching uh, one of my colleagues in the P department. She was heavily involved in, in the RTC at the time. And it was just a case of her saying, you know, come down and, and watch us train, watch us, you know, what, what happens for, for the evening. And I turned up and, you know, the stadiums there, Donny Rober Stadium, they had all of the 3G pitches. And to me, coming into that environment was just, it was incredible. And I think that's kind of what sparked, um, you know, my journey from, from then. Um, you know, they had medical staff, they had a technical director, they had a club manager, they, they had so many coaches milling around and, and all the players were in, you know, in their kits and everyone trained together and it was a real um, kind of family feel. And, you know, I just kind of thought, you know, this is something that I really want to be a part of. Um, I want to get involved with this. And um, yeah, certainly it's a, it's a big name and everyone's really aware of that. And, um, you know, people are really, really proud to, to be involved with the club. So you saying you really want to get involved in it links really nicely to, to what we're going to talk about, which is, um, you know, the right environment and team culture for for our teams and for the players that we're coaching. So I guess just initially, why is it so important for us as coaches to, you know, emphasize and build a really healthy environment and team culture? Yeah, I think it's it's a really important foundation. Um, you know, certainly with my my teaching background, you know, it's something that we're we're always aware of and, and making the classroom that environment, you know, safe and fun and challenging for, for our students to learn. And I don't think there's too much of a difference when taking that over to the coaching side of things. You know, same, same principles, you want um, the environment to, to be somewhere where, you know, you want to develop your players, you want to, um, you know, you want, you want them to reach their potential, but you need to put some, some things in place, you know, for them to be able to do that. Um, and I think, you know, it starts with the people who are there and, you know, the right leadership and also having the right kind of vision, values is, is really important. You know, people who are, are working there, you know, need to buy into this. And it starts from the top and filters down to coaches and, and certainly in youth football, parents need to get on board. But most importantly, you know, the, the players need to, to see that as well. Um, and those those visions, those um, clear goals need to be set out at the start of the year. I suppose they need to be achievable. Um, we don't want to, to set anything too too high um, because we want we want our players to, to be able to reach that and to encourage them, I suppose, in, in their development. So I guess those goals and values, can you give some examples of what positive ones might look like? Um. Yeah, I suppose, well, for me, um, and certainly in whenever I'm coaching, I just in, in go to the kind of holistic approach. Um, yes, as much as it's important to develop the technical and tactical side of things, the physical side, we also want to um, kind of develop good humans and, and, and good, good people as well. And, you know, the integrity and, and have an honesty and, and that commitment, dedication, all, you know, all of those, those life skills that, that our girls will certainly need uh, later in life, whether they have a career in football 
or whether they don't. Um, and certainly that's what we would, would encourage in, in that team environment and, and doing our best for the team because that's something they, that they can take with them for the rest of their lives. Do you think then it starts with us as coaches role modeling some of those behaviors? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you're front and center um you're there all the time with them um you know in, in the sessions and, and they look up to you whether you realize it or not um, and I think we have a really important role as coaches and you know as role models that we need to be doing the right things we need to be speaking the right way um you know even on our actions because you know people do notice and I think it definitely starts with us and um sometimes we don't realize the effect that we can have on others uh, so it's really important that we we go into that and you know we have that mindset that um you know I need to to be able to to model this behavior so that hopefully um you know others will see that and, and maybe learn from it and you you mentioned as well um obviously players and, and parents how much do you think we should be getting them involved in kind of talking about values, setting values, setting ideas about what they might want from team culture? Yeah, I think, you know, they need to have have some sort of involvement. Um, and I don't think there's any harm in, in brainstorming and getting ideas together. But it's it's important to find something that everyone, you know, that common goal that everyone is happy with because let's be honest we're all we're all human we're all going to have different values and different opinions certainly with football football is a, a game of opinions so um you know it's really important to filter that down to to a few values that everyone's happy with um, and if everyone can be part of the, the process that certainly you know adds that ownership in and and people can be held accountable to that if everyone agrees um, but yeah, certainly I think it's important to have like an open door um, kind of strategy and, and have those open lines of communication so that you're approachable. And if anyone needs to, to come and talk to you, that, um, and certainly parents, you know, they can, they can feel that they can do that. And I think I've seen quite a few examples of uh, teams or clubs coming up with kind of vision statements and looking at culture and behaviors and then they write it all down and then it's like it's parked so how can we make sure that once we've maybe defined what that is we are bringing it through in all of our sessions and on all of our match days yeah absolutely like that's the that's the challenge isn't it and um, because you, you set your goals and your visions at the start of the year and you know life happens you know there's different situations things can change um but I think it's a, it's important that you know maybe a, the the vision and the, the values are more of a, a broader um you know in, in broader terms so that you know there is that opportunity to change and 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 the good thing about environment um and, and culture is thing you know it doesn't have to stay like that forever um positive cultures can can happen and there can be negative um cultures as well and, and environments but you know it isn't it isn't permanent and um you know I think we we need that bravery I suppose to to be adaptable and to be flexible and if we start to see things that are changing that, that we can change as well um 
but yeah, I think it's yeah, it's 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 difficult, isn't it? You know, setting something out and then but at the end of the year reflecting and did you quite meet that? Did you not? You know, it, it is it is hard. And that's that's the challenge. So do you think that reflection part is is important as well? Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, you can look back at what's happened throughout the year, you can start to make changes for for the year ahead. For example, you know, for myself, we've just finished finished the season. We'll have a break. We're into trialing, and then it's a couple of weeks to pre-season. So, you know, the the season just finished, and my mind is already starting to to think ahead to to next season. Um, and everyone in you know coaching will will understand that. And you don't really get a break. It's <laughs> it's a it's a twenty four seven thing and, and you know a lot of sacrifices have to be made and um you know but we do it because we love it and we want to make that impact and um you know we're we're happy happy to do that and but yeah reflection reflection is really important and you know I like to, to write things down and you know keep a keep a note of things and you know have that opportunity to look back um and yeah and try and improve that's that's what we always like to do and and we want to we want to get better because we want to make our, our players better at the end of the day. I'm going to come back to your season in, in a second, but um, I think just referencing something you said earlier, if there are instances and there and they're always going to happen in sessions or on match days where you see something that maybe doesn't quite match up with the team culture or the positive environment, positive environment you're trying to create. How can we as coaches go about challenging that um in the right manner um yeah that again it's a it's a difficult thing to do and um sometimes difficult conversations need to be to be had with your players but then it comes back to your relationship but you know as a coach with your players can you actually have those conversations with them is the respect there um because uh, you know certainly looking back on on myself as a player, the coaches that I I had respect for, and um, you know, I look back and things were fair and communicated properly. You know, I would have done anything, um, and I would hope that I can kind of build that um, rapport and relationship with my players. That if conversations need to be had, you know, they'll listen and take things on board and. Um, you know, it's having that two two way process. You know, I'm not a dictatorship. It's uh, it's just a, it's a conversation and, and trying to uh, work things out together. But you know, as much as as we as coaches can set, I suppose the the parameters for the the environment. It's the team that really develops the culture themselves, um, and it's the you know the individuals in there it's the characters it's the personalities that will that will ultimately drive themselves um and you know when we think about high performance and um we think about you know those really successful teams you know like over lockdown I was I kind of was got obsessed with <laughs> with all those books out there you know um you know the legacy book and um the Michael Jordan documentary and 11 Rings I think that was the, the book that came from there and and you know books like written by Clive Woodward not necessarily football and um, other sports obviously but 
all had really successful high-performing teams and the and the one kind of aim or the the one kind of common um, thread running through that was the culture of the team that was set up by the individuals at the time um, so there's there's only so much that we can do as coaches you know sometimes we just have to to let it go and you know it's the it's the players at the end of the day that will will create that and um you know hopefully that they will they'll get on they don't have to be best friends or you know but that 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 helps I think as well and if they can do things off the pitch together and um, they're more likely to you know fight and, and work for each other on the pitch you know come match day. So let's talk then a, a little bit about your season and, and your players. Um, what does your culture look like and how has that contributed to how your season's gone? Yeah, I, I would hope it's um, it's an environment that that the players want to come to. You know, we, we train twice a week and we have matches every weekend. So we, we see quite a, quite a lot of each other. So it's really important that um you know sessions are fun and engaging but have that challenge as well um you know because repetition you know it's a long season we have to go over things um maybe you know obviously more than than once over the season so it's it's all about um really gauging their interactions and engagements and and trying to make it as enjoyable for them um, as possible and you know, under 16s, they're they're an interesting age group, and you know, there's a lot of of other factors coming into their lives. They've got school exams, and you know, a lot of pressures from that side of things. So it's really important to, you know, at the end of the day, in the evening, if they think, oh yeah, I want to go to football training tonight, want to go and see my mates, and want to go and play you know to try and maybe get it away and it's a it acts as a bit of like an escape for them um you know away from from the the revision and um so yeah I think it's it's just important to um keep their minds focused on on the football side of things and because we at the end of the day we want to try and um you know create future lionesses and and try and push push them towards that side of things that would be that would be amazing so for any coaches listening to this, two questions. I guess the first one is, say a relatively new coach that's working with a group and is kind of looking to develop um, a positive environment and team culture, what advice would you give to them? I think uh, it's important to have some kind of team building activities, get to know your players, let them give them the opportunity to get to know each other. But also it's important to establish quite early on expectations um, and, you know, boundaries, I suppose, that, yes, we can have all this, this fun and, you know, it's, things are enjoyable and having a good time. But the, at the end of the day, you're here to work. And I think it's important to, you know, to get that, um, those relationships right really really early on doesn't happen overnight it doesn't happen in a week you know it it takes time and you know you might reflect back and you think this isn't going well but you just need to to stick with it and trust the process and have good people around you who can support you and and help you 
and ultimately you know things will start to to click into place and what would you say then to maybe um a coach that is somewhere where they feel that their values don't necessarily align with with the club's values yeah that's a that's a hard one um they might have to think you know is this is this the best place for for them maybe it's time to to move on and look for for a new challenge and and look for that um alignment i suppose in in values and and vision um but i suppose the other side of it is you know you can change um you can change your your vision you can change your values and if you think you know this is something that you can get on board with it might just be a case of sticking with it but you know it's important to enjoy what you do and, and you need to, to love and, and really, um, yeah, you just need to really be happy with, with where you're at. And if you're not, you know, you need to take a step back and, and maybe think, is this the, the right place for you? Okay, so final question. And I feel like I have to ask this after you said your crazy three-year rise to where you're <laughs> now in coaching. Um what do you want the next three years to look like? I have no idea. I have no idea. I wouldn't have even expected this, you know, to where I where I am now. I wouldn't have expected that to happen in three years. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't know to be honest, Steph. I don't. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to come back to you and and see where I am. I just um, I want to continue coaching, obviously, um, and whether that's in youth football I, you know I do a lot of work um down south so who knows who knows where I'll where I'll be in the next next couple of years watch this space <laughs> that was the voice of Debbie Barry thanks to Debbie for her time and thanks to you for listening to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast for more from us join us again next week or visit soccercoachweekly.net for practice plans advice interviews and much more I'm Steph Fairbairn. See you again soon.